Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are still in Animation April for one last animated film. We are watching 1988's Akira which I know quite a few people uh, in the listening community are very, very excited uh, that we are watching. Joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Dr. Carmen Doley. Hello, Dr. Stephen Platt. How are you going? I'm good, Dr. Carmen Doley. <laughs> um, how, how are things in the world of being uh, a medical doctor? Oh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, mm. no, complaints. no um, complaints. Yeah, yeah, busy, but uh, that's that's always the case, I suppose. Yes. Um, I, I do find it interesting, just, just because obviously we are both doctors, but I'm mm. an academic doctor and you're a, a medical doctor. What What's the perspective on academic doctors from the medical doctor community? Because I know from the academic side, we're like, yeah, they can use the name, but we had it first. <laughs> but, really? But, well, yeah, because... Uh, to be honest, actually, I don't think we care that much. Mm. But whenever it's cropped up occasionally, we'll be like, yeah, they can have it. <laughs> I think it's probably the same for us. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, well... Uh... Yeah, you do your thing and we'll do our other thing and, and never the twain shall meet except for when someone with a PhD already goes into medical school, which happened a few times yes. uh, in, in my degree. Yes. Yes. Um, but well, welcome. I'm, yes. I'm glad things, things are going well yes. uh, so far. Yes. Akira. Um, yes. What, yeah. what do you know about this film? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. I, I, it's an anime, um, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming because we're doing cartoons this month or mm. animes, animation this month. Thing was made in the 80s mm-hmm. that's about it and wow. i'm very sorry because i know some people really really love this no, um but, but it, yep very sorry i do not know anything about it but this is very exciting and sort of the point of the program yes. as well <laughs> so no that's that's brilliant um do you have a, a, a an anime film that you've seen that you really enjoy um not a film that springs to mind. I mm. am a big fan of Sailor Moon and I only mm. got into that in the last few years um but yes i do enjoy Sailor Moon um avatar again i've only seen that over the last few years but mm. the, the avatar series i did quite enjoy and um core as well the the sequel to that mm. anime movies i mean i like studio ghibli i don't know if that counts but that Kiki's counts. delivery service yeah. my name is totoro um those will probably be the big movies mm. that come to mind definitely okay yeah. Excellent. It's just occurred to me we've not done Porco Rosso. and No, you have not. You've not done Kiki's Delivery Service. No, no we've only done Totoro yeah. at the Ghibli's, but um, Kiki's Delivery Service is lovely. Oh, it's, it's so it's yeah. so wholesome. I love but, it. But I think my favourite might be Porco Rosso, and I'm just thinking <laughs> we may need to do Ghibli July yes, or something like yes, that. Yes, let's do it, please. <laughs> okay, well, while I make programming notes, uh, <laughs> it's time to introduce our guest who has seen the film. Uh, please welcome to the programme, Murray Jackson. Ah, konnichiwa. Yes, this is non-Doctor Murray Jackson. Mm, yes, and in the um, in the in the in the mortgage broking community, uh, what mm. are your views on medical doctors, Murray? <laughs> um, always good clients. Uh, they usually cashed up, um, although uh, not the greatest at looking after their financial position. Oh, so okay. uh, yeah, they can sometimes. Uh, uh, have some some messy uh, financial history because mm. uh, obviously they're busy doing other stuff and Is messy it? handwriting, I presume as well. Yeah, correct. Mm. Yeah. So you're saying we need to do some CPD on uh, financial literacy oh. and handwriting? Is that uh, yes. what your yes. suggestion? Yes, I, I, I mean I don't expect doctors to be well versed in financial activity. To be honest, mm. I expect you to be uh, versed in the human body. Mm. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, or in my case. Science fiction on stage. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Uh, Murray, you have seen Akira. I have. In a vague, non-spoilery sort of way. 
could you tell us what Akira is about? Sure. Okay. Well, um, Akira, I actually saw it in the cinema, Stephen. Oh, okay. And, and, and as near as I can work out, about 1991. Um, Akira is a, a set in a po- post-apocalyptic um, Tokyo, mm-hmm. known as Neo-Tokyo. Uh, it involves um, uh, telekinetic powers, so uh, you'll you'll find that there's a a lot of things being thrown around with mines and okay. and so on. Uh, it has uh, street gangs. Oh yeah. It has a thumping soundtrack. The soundtrack's really cool on this. Okay. Um, it's very percussive. Um and uh, yeah, hopefully in my home cinema it will it'll work really well. Um, and it's also one of the first from memory uh, animes to really get notice. Um, or, or yeah, probably one of the, the first animes to really take off in the in the Western world, as it were. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, look, it's it's a very involved story it gets quite complex in the third act okay um and that's merely because the manga itself was spread over well, when it was done in english translation 38 volumes right. so there's a fair amount of information <laughs> packed into a, mm. a two-hour movie excellent and in terms of um the the anime itself mm. um wh- where does it rank across the different anime films that you've seen well, I'll be honest, Stephen. Anime is not probably my my big strong point, to be honest. I mean, you you know me in animated films. That's true. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of animated films, so I haven't actually watched a lot of anime myself. Um, I watched Akira because I had been collecting the comic. Okay. Um, so I, I went into it as a, a fan of the comic and was interested to see what they'd, they'd done in, in terms of the movie. And, of course, at the time I went to see the movie, the comic had yet to finish. So mm-hmm. I wondered whether or not I had spoiled uh, the whole damn thing for me in terms of the comic experience. But the, the comic um, does vary um, in terms of plot from the, the movie itself, a little bit like, okay. I guess, like the Games of Thrones books don't mm. necessarily um, entirely relate to what you see on the screen. I could be wrong there, but I'm, I'm guessing that's the case. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, where does it rank? I, I, I think it ranks as one of the, the great anime films, mm. from my understanding. Um, it's entirely different from Studio Ghibli, mm. um, but it's, it's a different sort of story. It's, it's cyberpunk. Okay. Um, so I think really you'd probably view it in terms of where does it relate in terms of, you know, the great uh, sci-fi films of the 80s and 90s, I think it rates pretty highly okay. in, in that regard. Excellent. It, it's, it's got some great characters, some great characterization, uh, a, a, an excellent plot. Um, and, yeah, as I say, it's, it's all up there on the screen. They, they really did a bang-up job on it. Excellent. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch Akira? Indeed. Yes. Okay, for those of you listening at home, uh, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to get on those twin ceramic rotor drives on each wheel. And look at... and the, Those look like computer-controlled anti-lock brakes. Wow, 200 horses at 12,000 RPM! Because we are watching... Akira.
welcome back everybody. We have just finished watching Akira from 1988 and I'm joined once again by my special guests Murray Jackson. Hello. And Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello. Uh, Dr. Carmen, that was your first time watching Akira. Yes, it was. What did you think? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Mm. The ending was very um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, as in, like, I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of intellectual exercise going on here, but I have no idea what it is. Mm. Um, it was very um, Mad Max meets uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion meets Blade Runner, mm. I, I guess is, is how I how it came across to it's me. It's mostly yeah. summarized. Just, a, just yeah. a smidge of Dragon Ball Z. Just a there. smidge of Dragon just Ball a, Z as well, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it, this was my first time watching it as well. Um, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it, um, whilst at the same time going, yep, yeah, okay, all right, we're going here next, okay. <laughs> like, uh, But to be honest, I I think I quite enjoy films and stories like that, to be honest. Mm. I, 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 watching this, I'm going, oh, okay, yep, yeah, no, I can see why this is so well revered and also why it was so influential. There is so much that is happening that I am going, oh yes, thematically I have seen this. 20 places before but they're all things that came out after this um you can really see the the influence that this must have had um when did you last watch this film murray oh um i, I actually i don't think it was that long ago it's probably five five six years ago okay and was yeah. there anything from this viewing that stood out for you differently this time um well, this this obviously blu-ray rather than um dvd so the sounds um certainly um, a lot better than it is on mm. a on a DVD for a start. I think sounds a very important part of this film as well mm. as visuals. Mm. Um, with the sound, you know, the, particularly the soundtrack, um, which I, I think is a fantastic soundtrack. Um, the Gamelan and um, that sort of influence in it. But um, yeah, what has anything changed for me? No, I I, I suppose because I read the comic mm. and I. I suppose what stood out to me this time around as opposed to previous viewings is like how certain characters are relegated to uh, cam real cameo parts and okay. it's like the cultists for instance mm. uh, uh, yeah they're there and then bang they're gone yeah um, there's there's more involvement um, of you know them in the story in the comic so um, or oh, manga sorry guys um, so yeah from that perspective there's a lot more uh, exposition in in the in the manga than there is in the in the movie, mm. and I suppose the one thing I will say there is it doesn't necessarily transcend to that third act. Um, I wouldn't say you will get a, a lot more exposition or explanation as to what's happening in that third act in the in the comic. It's, it's many years since I read it, so I must mm. go back and have a look. But my memory is, yeah, you, 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 at the end of it, you can be scratching your head a little bit. Mm. I mean, the story um, is... Oof, let's go for these notes, because um, that, that was one thing. I found this was a story I had to take a lot of notes for and didn't want to because I kept wanting to see what was on the screen. So um, that was a really strange place to be while watching it. But the story such as it is, is um, in 1988, a uh, good year for apocalypses, mm. um, a, a nuclear bomb is dropped on Tokyo, leaving a big hole and a shattered society in World War Three. 31 mm. years later, it's 2019, 
the Olympics are going to be in Tokyo that <laughs> next year, 2020, and it all goes horribly wrong. Um, not quite right. Not quite right? Not quite right. The oh. event in 1988 mm-hmm. is actually created by Akira. Oh, is that? Oh, oh okay. I see. Okay. So it's the singularity. Remember when the scientist is, is mm. seeing the, um, the levels of activity in the nascent Tetsuo? Mm. And he's comparing it with another pattern. The other pattern is the singularity that wiped out Neo-Tokyo. I see. Okay. okay that and that was caused by Akira, mm. our titular character, mm-hmm. uh, having lost control of his powers. Right. That does make sense. Yeah. It was just uh, when you see a big white explosion like that at the start of a film, mm. you write nuke as I did. <laughs> so, but Oh, that's really cool then. Excellent. Oh, that's much more satisfying for that giant horrible explosion. <laughs> and it, it to be probably helps it. a little bit with the exposition it, there too. It yeah. does a bit now, yes. Mm. Um, oh, yes, but yes, because all the... I'm just thinking to that flashback at the end where you see all of the um, the kids in the facility mm. and they're all playing with very 80s-style um, technology like the video games and the televisions. That does make sense. Yeah, mm. and you okay. see Akira <laughs> in those images mm. there, the, yeah. the, the fourth child, the fourth as it child, were. Yeah. Okay, I like this a little bit more now then, because, uh, yes, we jumped to 2019. As we say, the Olympics are coming, nothing's going to stop it. Uh, mm. um, and we well, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have maybe buried Akira in a, in a <laughs> cryogenic chamber under the, the bloody stadium. stadium. Yeah, it does seem like an odd choice to put a stadium on top of it, although, I mean... You know, you, you want to keep the area around it clear. You put a big stadium on it, they've got a lot of square footage. Well, so. the other good news, of course, there is, of course, once uh, Olympic stadiums are used, no one ever visits them thereafter. So, That's therefore, true. it's a fairly yeah. abandoned uh, place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, the sort of yeah, white elephant legacy of um, big sports tournaments. Mm. Yeah, it's quite cl- So, th- th- therefore, it probably does make sense. Yeah, they've, they've really thought this through. I, I like this. Um, <laughs> and But we, 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 we're in Neo-Tokyo. Uh, this yes. sort of cyberpunk Blade Runner type world, and uh, Dr. Carmen, there are motorbike gangs riding around. Motorbike gangs, yeah. yes. And what I want to know um, from your history of uh, being a medical doctor is just how much more injured should they be based on that bike fight we saw between. So much more injured, and I am <laughs> amazed that they did not show the injuries accurately considering how much graphic violence we got otherwise no helmets either dr carmen Mm. murray i think you were saying early on you were like i forgot how much violence is in this movie (laughs) it's like yes yes Mm. but no one gets gravel rash or you know certainly should have been a lot more cranial injuries a lot more cranial injuries a lot more skin coming off a lot more out of all that you've got tetsuo with a with a reasonably severe concussion but Mm. uh people getting their uh Heads hit with uh, pipes and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. basically the ground. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not not one D gloving. Yeah, remember, kids, please wear your helmets and your protective gear when you're motorcycling. Yeah. Particularly yeah. if you're don't, stealing don't a like powerful Tetsuo. motorcycle, kids, <laughs> yeah. you want to be wearing a helmet. And if For you, sure. If you are in a gang motorcycle fight, stay safe. That's yeah. that's what we're saying. Oh, it's good to see the clown gang. Uh, yeah. Was, was they were all wearing uh, helmets? That's true. That's probably why they lasted so long. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like these, these capsule idiots think <laughs> their medicine's going to help them. Let's just hit them with a pipe. Um, but yeah, there's 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 gang fights. It was quite Mad Maxian, which was uh, really fun to see. Uh, Tetsuo and uh, Canada. Which Canada. We, ha- we have to say like that because everyone shouts his name every five minutes in this film. Um, they are part of this this sort of quite piss poor 
bike gang, to be honest. Like, mm. initially when they come well, in... Well, they beat up the clown gang. They did beat up the clown gang, but I thought it was going to be a bit more of a, yeah, we're, we're like an organised gang. No, they're just at school and they have bikes. Like, it's it's a very loose arrangement. Um, but, you know, they're, they're holding their own, so that's okay. Uh, but, yes, um, Tetsuo and uh, Kanida and all of their friends are slumming it there in this school system that is really not good um, well, it's basically a reform school isn't yeah. it that's where they've been sent it's their last chance is mm-hmm. why they're all getting viciously slapped by the uh yeah discipline the, bang yeah, there we go <laughs> um yes uh yeah it, and so they're 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 experiencing all this and then a load of stuff just goes down on this one evening where a wounded man is dragging what appears to be a child through the streets. He's eventually shot and killed by the army and the child gets away. But we see this child has got quite an old wizened face and pale greyish bluish skin. And he gets wrapped up with the bike gang and Tetsuo gets injured and he gets pulled into a helicopter and taken away with the kid. Because Tetsuo has these uh, telekinetic powers um, that were nascent in him, that were unaware... And basically, the rest of the film is just Tetsuo gets more and more powerful <laughs> until it gets really out of hand. He just gets more and more of a jerk. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's that's the um, that's the resistance having um, uh, rescued, for want of a better word, uh, Takashi at the start there from mm. uh, from the Colonel. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Shishima. Um, and uh, those that are. Carrying out the uh, the experiments on these young kids, mm. and uh, <coughs> yes, all goes a little pear shaped when uh, Tetsuo crashes his bike, and uh, yes, is uh, taken into uh, to custody by Shishima. Mm. A couple of times that happens, goes mm. in, breaks out, goes back <laughs> in, but each time it happens, he's getting worse headaches. He's he's not coping with it as well. And he is getting more and more powerful to the point where we have that scene where he his first kill, I suppose, it, it's it's over quite quickly, and we're quite far away from the action. It's that doctor mm. and the two guards in the um in the hospital where he just yeah. smears them against the wall. The one I went, oh, yeah, yeah. and it was it was very surprising and kind of great. I, I quite <laughs> I, I quite liked the fact that we were removed from it mm. because it did make it more unexpected. But it also showed, like, from a distance, oh, he's got quite a range <laughs> in terms of, like, if you are near him, you are not safe. Yeah. I don't feel safe as the viewer this far from him, having just seen what he did from a distance. And I think it does this really good job of building Tetsuo as this threat without him becoming the villain properly. And I think it's really interesting. This film doesn't have, or this story doesn't have, a traditional villain. There are baddies there are people behaving badly but i wouldn't say there's anyone that is an out well the out. politicians maybe um, yeah but but yeah. even then their, their impact on the story is not they're, they're like secondary mm. almost mm. but the well, little rat-faced one is maybe the closest to someone who is out and out a, a villain, like yeah. a bad person but he's not really having that big of an impact on no. this no. version of the story titsuo's a um a sympathetic character because yeah. his backstory is that he was abandoned, abused in this system. He's always felt the little man in the gang, and all of a sudden he's given this incredible power. He has the nascent power, but they feed it with the pills, mm. and the power grows to a point where it's beyond his control. Mm. But he's also experiencing his ability to control the situation around him, which must be, yeah. You know, for 
in this case, what, he's a kid of, what, maybe, I don't know, 14, 15, 15, 16, yeah. something like that. Um, must be quite um, overwhelming. So I thought they, that, that, that backstory that they've given him and that makes him sympathetic. Otherwise, he would just be um, a kid who'd got out of control on these on these drugs and, and was going mad. Mm. Um, yeah, sort of a yeah, bit of a King Kong sort of situation. But, um, yeah, he's sympathetic. Yeah. And similarly, like, I wasn't expecting Canada to become, like, the closest to the traditional hero in the story. Yeah, he was just kind of there as a secondary character. Mm. But then, and then suddenly it was yeah. it was all about him. Yeah, yeah circumstance switched. And he did pretty good. Mm. You know, he, he, the thing is, is he was there for his friend even though his friend has been a real jerk to him most of the time and even though he tried to kill him at several points ultimately when it when it came down to it kanido and tetsuo like that connection of friendship was remembered by both of them and was key to them getting the ending that we have which is that kanido survives the singularity event and tetsuo doesn't completely destroy the world he doesn't go full superpower destroy everything he and akira and the other kids go off and start the universe or whatever it is that they are doing mm. uh, but that seems like it's a healthier place for them to be than what was well, you can hear it in his voice at the end that yeah. he's been tempered by mm. um probably his his the influence of akira and the others yeah. Where he's yeah. learning to control his gift. Mm. Yeah, it's he's got the singularity to keep him busy. Mm. It's like it's like Matilda. In, yeah, uh, in the books, and she loses her telepathic powers. Has, has there uh, been an Akira um, musical? <laughs> just, just yeah. a little. Sounds like a project for you, Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> you can do a little, do a lot if all you do is kill people with your powers. Like that's what I want to see now. Just, yeah, just I'm, I'm, exploding. I'm not terribly keen on this idea, to be honest with you. <laughs> Oh, you just don't like musicals in general, Murray. Let's well, that's that's true. Yeah, let's not ruin one of my favourite things. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's 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 really. Um, I think it's a really well constructed story. I am curious though, Murray, because you do have a little bit more knowledge of the 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 original mm. uh, manga. There were a couple of storylines and like characters that, as you say, were sidelined a bit, but also mm. felt like they got wrapped up very quickly yeah. and I'm curious for example with Ryu who was the um, rebel leader who was with the politician yeah. um, I just thought he had died in the office mm. and then he follows the politician until the politician mm. dies in the alleyway and almost then, looking like a zombie yeah. as well. and you're, you're going to ask me what happens I can't recall it's, it's honestly, more, can't I suppose recall. it's more just a case of it, like, the, 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 mm. the, 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 the manga um, mm. Well, even in the in the movie, for that matter, there are so many characters. Yeah, mm. there are so many characters, and um, like they, um, what's his name, Yaka, uh, Yaka Moto, the um, his mate, um, uh, Kanida's mate, who got um, killed. Mm. That's oh, that's. Yeah. I mean, you, you, that all happens off screen in this, and it, it you, you it's it's. Um, yeah, it's actually one of the covers from memory in 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 the uh, in the manga. So mm. th there's so much um, more that is done, I suppose, with the characters in the manga than there is in the film. But that's not a criticism. It's simply you're trying to compress so much information and so much plot mm. into a two-hour film. It's impossible to condense down a 38. 
yeah. volume manga. I suppose, do, do you think yeah. it would be worth, um, like, obviously this, this had to be a movie because of when it came out. It would not never have had a market for a TV show back in the 80s. Mm. Do you think there's potential now to have it be made into something more like a TV show that, that could go into greater detail? Is that something that you would want to see? Uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm actually satisfied with what they've done with the film. Mm. I, I feel that that's a, a good enough standalone representation of the storyline that I'm happy with where that's at. Um, I guess my fear of if if it was expanded or juiced out anymore. Um, it might take away the some of the impact. I don't yeah. know it, because you can't just, as as you well know, Carmen, you can't just put everything from a book or a comic or whatever into a film. Mm. It doesn't work filmically for mm. a start. Um, there has to be sacrifices, and you have to condense in order to keep your audience's interest. Um, as of twenty nineteen from what I've just had a look at, quickly looking online. Um, the legendary manga artist, writer, and animation director, um, Katsuhiro Otoma, has uh, been working on developing a series of Akira that is a continuation oh, okay. of the story. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know where See, that, that might be more interesting. Mm. Yeah. What actually happened with um, Tetsuo from mm. here? And does well, Neo Tokyo become Neo Neo Tokyo now yeah, that it's yeah. been blown up again? <laughs> so, yeah, but that, that's from an article as of 2019. I haven't been able to find anything more recently, but it has been discussed mm. and is being planned. So okay. whether or not it happens, we'll have to wait and see. Mm. Um, but it, it, it's a fabulous setting. Like, like everything... It, Explored made me made me want to know a little bit more about the world. I think one of the things you asked me, Stephen, was: Is there anything that stands out with me this time from mm. um, my viewing last time? And and something's just cropped into my head. Yes, the detail. The and it's probably something that uh, did strike me at the time, and I've just overlooked or forgotten the 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 detail of the world. Mm. Right. Mm. So the school. You know the graffiti, the the trash, um, everything looking unclean, unkempt, unlooked after. Mm. Um, that's great, you mm. know. Rather than just, I, I think often with anime or with animation in general, everything can look too clean. Mm. Everything can look like, oh, <laughs> yeah, these people just walked into this world that's just been built, as this looked lived in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, if and you know, right down to things like the technology and mm. and um, how they you know that, that obviously employed people who were futurists to to give them an understanding of of what things might look like in future. Yeah, uh, obviously, it didn't turn out that way, or well, it certainly doesn't look like that in twenty nineteen from my memory. But um, it, it was believable. Everything was believable. Everything looked like it had a function. Everything. Um, Looked like it had a smell or a, or a taste or whatever to it. Mm. It, it was very well word bu- world building without the need for a lot of superfluous dialogue. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think it's the 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 to me the really effective um, like science fiction properties do that. I, yeah. I always think of Mad Max Fury Road as mm. being an example of something that that there are shots and there are scenes in that film that make me go, 
but what's happening over there? Yeah. Like like the guys on the stilts in the bog. I always come back to them going, what are they doing? <laughs> we see them in one shot, but that's still in my head for the last like six years. Yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? Um, same with this. Like the the little guy who was just doing his deliveries um, as things were going wrong. And I was waiting for the tank to come around and crush his bike. It didn't, mm. thankfully. But I was like, oh, what's his day like? Like, I, I just wanted to know what, what was going on with him and so much of this world. It's it's really nicely done. Um, th- there's a couple of points, obviously, where I feel as though the, the film does a really good job with so much of the story. But there are a couple of things where I'm like, I might need a rewatch to fully get my head around it. Mm. Um, for example, I've only just realized now that Kaori died. Mm. his um his young friend who got attacked by the clown bike yeah because she was in all the flesh and we saw like a sudden spurt of like blood but i wasn't sure if that was hers or the flesh yeah that was around her and given that we don't see her after that shot and is she isn't mentioned again that that must have been her dying yeah mm. she's dead yeah mm. and i'm just like oh because <laughs> like, I was like, obviously, yeah. she had a rough time in this she, film. She had a yeah. horrible yeah. time in yeah. this film. And like, look, look, lots of people had a horrible time, yeah. but she's just someone who we mm. directly see yeah. have a horrible time in every scene. And and how um, graphic was it when you know you don't expect there to be a, a rape scene in a in a an anime, do you? Really? Well, I don't know unless you're watching, um, you know, here at Soccer Dodgy or whatever it's called. Mm. Um, or you know any of that sort of uh, manga, mm. um, but, but the ripping of the clothes, yeah, by the yeah. clowns, yeah, yeah, that was just I, again. I think it's that that story building technique that happens. Of this is a dangerous and horrible world, um, and that bit did make me go, did we need that? And at the same time, I'm going, it's it's a choice of who's creating the yeah, story as to choice, what they yeah. show or don't. It was the only instance where there was anything relating to sexual assault with any mm. of the characters so it did make me go i i don't know that we needed it so because... there is a fair amount of misogyny in yeah. the film yeah. and, with, and if with you the treatment the, of the women the opening scene in the bar as well there's like um a guy trying to make out with a girl and she is actually pushing him off mm. um, yes okay you know what? i had forgotten about that yes yeah. okay so there are there are a couple of instances in, in, in that case i would say i think it is appropriate for it to be in the film i I certainly don't think it glamorized any of that behavior no no and i I think it is showing that this place sucks (laughs) in a lot of respects and and yeah there was um there was certainly generalized misogyny um which was happening particularly with you know these these young teenage boys in a wannabe bike gang just going Mm. no these girls suck and other girls go well we're gonna leave and they're like wait no no come back (laughs) Uh, which was, I, I was really pleased to see because they just get out of the story they just leave. Yeah. yeah it's like good on you yeah um it, yeah it, it is interesting but yeah i felt i felt really i obviously felt really bad for kaori i presume the doctor died when that van he was in got all smushed oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and i was like mm, yeah okay i suppose i could see that coming because yeah. he'd, he'd betrayed the colonel yes. i think if anything he was probably the villain in the Mm. In the whole piece, I mean, he was certainly the he one. He's experimenting that was... on kids, bit yeah. of a mangler, really, isn't he? Eh? Yeah, yeah. I, and he didn't tell the colonel about the power fluctuation. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I must say, the colonel, I was surprised how much I liked him mm. as the film went on, because he's in a role that traditionally is usually the baddie, villain, where he's yeah. like, "I'm going to take this kid out no matter what happens," mm. and in this case, he's like, "I'm going to take this kid out because." 
look what would happen yeah. if I don't. Yeah. And it, it, I really... My point, here it is. Yeah, yeah I really empathised with yeah. him. Like, And, you know, the, the terrible government people turn mm. on him. And mm. I was like, you know what? Yeah, you... You do stage a military coup. That's I think that's the first time I'm like, yeah, go the military coup. Mm. <laughs> uh, but but it needed to happen. Yeah. And I also like the fact that the kids respected him enough that they like saved his life as well at the end, where they mm. teleport him away to somewhere to survive the explosion. Mm. You know, it shows that they certainly had a level of trust of of with him, even though they're he is their captor for yeah. all intents and purposes. But I was like, oh, yeah, I. He's, he's obviously not, like, a, a hero mm. or a traditionally good character, but he's someone who was like, he's he's got some morals that basically boil down to, but I'm a soldier, so I'll do the soldier <laughs> thing. Mm. But he did stick to them, and mm. he was doing what he thought was right to save the city, even though he doesn't like the city. And he even says that. He says, I don't like Neo-Tokyo, but yeah. he's still trying to save all the people there or as many of the people as he can yeah but you could also see in certain moments like when he's sitting at the bedside of a little girl that he is a father figure to mm. them he's as close as a father figure as they've got yeah yeah it's mm. it's fascinating and i will say we watched this uh we watched the dubbed version not the subbed version um i, I will say that the dubbing on this was pretty good i think with how much was going on i think i'm glad we did the dub the, the the dubbed rather than the subbed mm. i would be interested um normally what i do with like studio ghibli movies is i'll watch them dubbed and then go watch back and watch the sub as like a rewatch. it's mm. like oh that's interesting how that character was different mm. i might go back and do it with this mm. um i think it's always interesting to compare but i think it was good to watch the uh the dubbed version first mm. with how much yeah, was for going sure on. Yeah. yeah because it's so it, it, it look it's a it's a it's a very visual film, mm. so mm. to be ducking down the bottom of the screen for Constantly, the subtitles yeah. might be uh, taken away from the experience a bit. Mm. Mm. Um, this is a hyper violent film. Uh, I think yeah. it is important to say that as yeah, well. I'd, I'd, just, I'd really forgotten that. Yeah. I don't know why I'd forgotten that, but I had forgotten that. But I want to know, particularly from you, Carmen, as it was your first time watching this, mm. um, did the violence? I don't know what your your threshold with violence in films are, but um, did did this stylized hyperviolence feel like it was too egregious, or did it feel appropriate for the story? Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I'm I'm sort of a weird person because I like horror movies, but I don't usually like violence. Mm. I like supernatural horror and mm. psychological horror, but not violence. Yeah. Um, so for example, like I've never watched anything like Kill Bill because just, cause I know it's just going to mm. be a turn off for me. Um, I did feel this was a little much in places. Like when the, when the guy, um, got shot at the beginning, I felt that was really mm. excessive and unnecessary. Um, most of it I was okay with because I think it was just, it, it mostly was in the start of the film mm. and it was a, a way of world building which i think was okay I, mm. I think most of it was justified but there were times when i thought it was it went a little bit unnecessarily far okay yeah yourself murray um yeah i'm a little bit twixt and tween on this because i like the um duality of the of the capsule gang that they can be so violent, and yet at the same time they're kids. It's a little bit like Clockwork Orange, mm. yeah, with the you know Alex and his drugs, yeah, 
there's a little bit of that sort of vibe there. And, and I do think that this is drawn thematically from a lot of well-loved uh, science fiction. Um, yeah, hello, Clockwork Orange and hello, Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I... Yeah, there were a couple of times where I thought, oh, look, yeah, and you brought up the, 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 the instance there, which is a good one, of um, the resistance guy at the start. Yeah, just yeah, bang, 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 pop, 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 pop. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, do, do, did that add anything to the experience? Possibly not. Um, it is emblematic, I think, of, of a lot of Japanese anime, isn't it? R-rated anime, that, that they are fairly... Um, what's the word? Explicit? Yeah. Mm. Um, at the same time, when Tetsuo starts letting loose, I was totally okay with that because that's a exhibition of his power. Mm. And that's fine. You you need to know. I mean, this guy is a badass. He, he can turn you into an inkblot mm. with a thought. Um, yeah. That's information. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing I w- um, was questioning at that point was like, why is anyone still going up to fight him? Military guys, no, just just uh, go home. Yeah, yeah. Go maybe home. they just thought the just first leave. guy was yeah mm. a, bit, a little slow on the trigger. Who knows? <laughs> just let him have what he wants. Yeah, I did like uh, the, yeah the colonel at one stage sort of charging into the room you know, where Tetsuo's got into the baby room there, and, and almost like, will you rowdy kids please settle down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say I I sometimes find hyper violence an issue when it starts to feel like it's not doing anything other than being there to mm. show what hyperviolence looks like. Mm. I would say that I think pretty much across the board the the high level of violence works for this story. Mm. Um, particularly because I think the film does a really good job of setting up a realistic looking world in an animated space all the characters were in the right proportions or felt like they're in the right proportions for their environments. There was one shot in the truck where the Doctor is um, observing Tetsuo's powers and the Colonel walks in. And the way he turns the corner in what is like quite a tight space and the way they frame the image as though they would have difficulty putting a camera in there to frame it just made it feel... That made the world feel very realistic. And everything they did did that which is why I then appreciate the use of hyperviolence moving away from that realism to show the fantastical nature of the power that is being deployed, which in the case of Tetsuo is power that is um, fantastical, but in the case of the resistance leader being, uh, the resistance guy being shot um, is power of the state, which mm. is like a key underlying piece. And for me, the fact that he was shot so many times and was so violently killed actually was reflective of the fact that the government in this film was an entity that had this power and was misusing it in the same way Tetsuo was. Very repressive, yeah. 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 But I, I also I point out that for all the violence of the film, we weren't necessarily dwelling on the violence per se. You, no. You're moving from that pretty quickly into the next bit of action. Mm. So mm. this film propels itself along at a furious rate. Yeah. Um, there's a lot in there. There's yeah. never a, there's never much time left to dwell on. Oh, that yeah. guy there is missing his arm or whatever. I mean, yeah. there's that scene where Tetsuo, where he's uh, had his arm lasered off by the um, orbital platform, mm. and you you, know, you 
you, you, you probably don't realise until the moment where he walks into shot. It's like, oh, his arm's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Your arm's off. No, not just a flesh wound. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and you're right. They don't linger on, on things a lot. Um, that When the army pulled out those laser guns for the first time and they miss him and shoot the people coming through in the back, you just see the laser like cut through that guy and you only get like half a second on him looking down and being like, oh, because he's just been cut in two, basically. A little bit of me was like, oh, we could have stayed a little bit longer. Just, just from that natural <laughs> curiosity of like, what happened to that person? I know he's he's going to die, but it, it does a really good job of going, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. The same way when Tetsuo has his horrible, giant, fleshy transformation in the stadium and turns into a 100-foot-tall flesh baby. Mm. Um, like, that was, I think, maybe the most, for me, the most difficult thing to watch because it was so disgusting and it was yeah. so um, otherworldly. And the fact is, is you know, it, it killed Kaori and it, looked like it was going to kill everyone in that scenario and just seeing how it moved and how it interacted in what's quite an organic thing but moving in a very inorganic way mm. um i thought was was incredible but for me was maybe the part the part where i was like i really don't want to watch this for too much longer because it is making oh, me the manga, manga really dwells on that i know yeah. i know that's why i'm not a big manga reader maria i have to admit <laughs> i was almost thinking like what's what's the tentacle uh um the, the hentai with the tentacles like uh, I don't remember. yeah so was, was, it, it was almost yeah. bordering on that i'm like oh okay this is a choice yeah. but yeah. <laughs> don't watch that one we just mentioned kids yeah, yeah. no please don't google yeah. that if you if you value your life yeah. 18 plus only and never and in, no. in good taste <laughs> <laughs> um would you like some trivia about the movie akira why Let's not? Let's do that. Okay, all of this trivia comes from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia for this is that this was one of the first Japanese anime films to have the characters' voices recorded before they were animated. Uh, while this is a typical practice in Western anime, in Western animation, um, in Japan, the animation is generally produced before the voice recording. Mm. Okay, interesting. Mm. And I'm, I'm wondering whether or not that had an impact. Obviously, we're watching the dubbed version, mm. so... Um, that is is not the the language for which the characters were being drawn to to speak to, but I, I'm also wondering if it's because they had so much dialogue existing because it was being adapted from the manga already that they chose to do that. Mm. Yeah, don't know, don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, but yeah, just just I also just find it quite interesting that yeah, apparently they they draw everything first and mm. the voices uh, secondary. I mean the the, the Manga series in English um, started in 1988, which is the year that this was actually released. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, probably this was probably in production at the time that the manga was first getting its English translation. Right. Okay. Uh, the movie consists of 2,212 shots and 160,000 single pictures, two to three times more than usual, using 327 different colours, which was another record for animated film at the and time. boy, did it show. Yeah, mm. the colours were magnificent in this. Just Fif magnificent. Yeah, 50 of those colours were uh, exclusively created for this film. Wow. Which I think maybe is mm. partly why it was so visually striking yeah. to everyone at the time, because, oh, here's 50 new colours that you haven't <laughs> seen in a cartoon before or in an animated feature before. Um, the reason for this statistic is that most of the movie takes place at night, a setting that is traditionally avoided by animators because of the increased colour requirements. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it is, it is a, as you said earlier, it's a visually striking film, Murray, and it is, it is just gorgeous to watch. Yeah. Mm. Even in those moments of body horror or hyper-violence, it's 
it never looks like it was drawn badly. Oh, well, no, it probably it not. probably hits really hits home in those moments of body horror when you've got the big purpley veins and mm. you're like ah ah. Yeah, it's like ooh, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. This film was animated directly into the one eighty-five to one theatrical ratio, using physically wider media as opposed to the more common practice at the time of animating in one thirty-seven by one, and protecting the frame for the theatrical ratio. This allowed the animators to focus their efforts on adding more detail into the frame so that, that would be seen in theatres. Mm-hmm. So again, that could partly be why it looks so detailed, is because they it, it made sure to put be. more detail yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the final bit of trivia that I have is for the scene in which Tetsuo flies up into outer space to destroy the satellite, um, mm-hmm. which I think might be my favourite scene in the film. Just, it was very cool. It was very cool. It's very, very cool. Um, it is um, considered to be one of the more scientifically accurate scenes in terms of uh, depicting something happening in space, even though... No, no sound. Yeah, yeah. even though it's a flying Dragon Ball Z boy uh, <laughs> with, with a red ta- towel around his uh, neck. Um, because, yes, as you say, there is little to no noise once he leaves Earth due to the fact that there is no medium for which the sound is able to travel through that is audible to the human ear. With few exceptions given the right circumstances, such as someone hearing the muffled sound of someone touching or hitting the exterior of the ship. So mm. when he first hits the mm. ship or the satellite, we hear a dull thud yep. because you would hear that because it's being reverberated through the ship itself. Uh, this was very impressive for an animated feature from 1988, seeing as how live-action movies that are more contemporary, such as Gravity or Interstellar, um, having only recently begun to pay more notable attention to that technical aspect of being in space several decades later. Mm. It's a bit of sass on that trivia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, someone wrote this going, Kira's great and here's why. Uh, but, but, but it was really effective. And the use of sound and particularly pulling the sound out for those sequences at the end when we are inside the singularity with um canada and um he's trying to find tetsuo and accessing those memories i found really effective mm. I, I thought it was and it did make me realize just how busy with noise the rest of the film was there's always something happening whether mm. it be the the soundtrack which is fantastic yeah. um or the sounds of machinery or the bikes yeah, or people the, the backgrounds of yeah. tokyo yeah. yeah the color and the, the color and the sound palette mm. in this just work magically yeah. don't yeah. they it's it's an incredibly layered film and yeah when they strip all that out you go oh wow yeah i i i didn't realize i was listening to so much yeah it's um i think in conclusion this is a really good film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really mm. have much more to it say. Really is, yeah. It's, yeah. It's... I think it really, actually, it really holds up. I think as as an animation piece, it really holds up when you consider it's it's now thirty five years old. Mm. Um, I remember just at the cinema at the time and and hearing that soundtrack at the start with the cityscape, and thinking that I'm I'm yeah, I'm here sitting here watching something that's actually really game changing as as far mm. as this particular medium goes animation. Mm. Um, and it might explain why I haven't been to too many animated films since. Like, oh, well, I've seen Akira, I've seen them all. So yeah. why bother? Um, I mean, uh, sort of fair enough to be honest. Because yeah, yeah ha- having said that, I haven't sat down and watched Studio Ghibli. So. Well, oh, well, if Ghibli so, July is happening, yeah. uh, you, you may you may get pulled out. And who knows? We're doing The Little Mermaid next month. Oh, ah. well, <laughs> this there's a treat, Stephen. <laughs> My goodness, okay. we'll, sa- we'll save you a spot on the couch. Oh, oh looking forward to that one. <laughs> yes, uh, but before all that, we need to score this film. And uh, Dr. Carmen, it was your first time watching Akira. What score would you give it out of ten? 
so I'm going to give it eight cute teddy bears with fangs out of ten. Mm. Yeah, the, the milky teddy bears. Oh, yeah. It yeah was. I, 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 I was I, like, oh, they're cute. Oh, no, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not cute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm glad it was kind of a hallucination because I was just yeah. thinking of that room mm. smelling of milk. Ugh. I was like, no, thank you. Yep. Uh, what about yourself, Murray? Yeah, I'll look, it's fair to say this is a personal favour of mine, so I'm already biased. Um, but it's one of those films I pick out every few years and watch. I'm never disappointed. Mm. I, too, struggle with um, the interpretation of, totally, uh, in totality, of the end Mm. third of this film because there's so much going on Mm. um but that never detracts from the experience so i will give it nine large purply ganglions um Mm. yeah yeah i think this is a really remarkable film and i think it's it's hard to think of too many things that could be improved upon other than technical advances that have been made in animation since Mm. then but I actually don't know if you were trying to make this today that it would look as good um, just because the creative team behind this were obviously in the right place at the right time to create this. It's it's a really stunning film to watch and the story is pretty good as well. Um, you know, it does get a bit strange and loosey-goosey and 2001-y as, as you say, but I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. No. I think it's, it's a really, really great film. So I'm going to give it I'm going to give it nine and a half jars of organs out of ten. Um, I thought you were going to say uh, hammer swipes. I left the hammer swipes for you. Oh, the pipe swipe. The pipe swipe, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's what gets the extra half point for the, <laughs> for the best transition in a film, doing the, the side wipe from Star Wars, but with a pipe hitting someone in the head. Mm. The, the pipe wipe was, was marvellous. So yeah, you know, yeah, we'll do that. Nine and a half pipe wipes <laughs> out of ten. Um, Murray and Carmen, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the programme. Thanks for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure, Stephen. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Animation April may be at an end, but movies keep on being reviewed. That's right, we are moving into May, uh, starting next week with our review of yet another Star Wars film. That's right, May the 4th is coming up, so we are reviewing another Star Wars film. Which one? Um, Episode 7. We are now, we've done the original trilogy, (laughs) we've done the prequel trilogy, now we are on to the sequel trilogy oh dear mm. the uh, the difficult second album of that trilogy the, well yes indeed we'll uh, well we'll get to that over the next three years uh, but we're starting with the force awakens so if you want to hear our review of that uh, subscribe itunes soundcloud spotify whatever it is that you use to listen to podcasts uh, subscribe there and you'll get a new episode each and every week we also have a facebook page for news and updates uh, go there give us a like give us a follow and you can see what's happening in our little club and if you want to be an extra special member of the club there is our patreon uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and for as little as a dollar a month you get all sorts of bonus goodies and features but that is all for this week so until next time Goodbye. Konnichiwa. Canada. Canada. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.